Welcome to the talk show. This is JK Woodall Ministries. Pastor Spisa Vargas, are you out there tonight? Alive and well, my friend, and happy to be on tonight. I'm excited for what God is going to do. Amen. Amen, sir, and amen. He is doing great and mighty things in the land. And I know tonight's show. It's going to be no different. Amen, sir? Amen. Praise God. It's going to be hopefully inspiring, going to help some people, and that's our aim, is to get the glory of God out there for everyone to experience Him. Amen? Amen, sir. Amen. And I tell you what, Pastor, the show is growing and growing. I don't, I don't know what's going on here, Pastor, but it looks like four more countries joined in pastor and they are watching and listening and following this talk show wow that's great news that's great news i'm glad god is working amen i i believe the last episode episode five got somewhere around 120 downloads already (laughs) all right (laughs) god is doing it pastor that's right. That's right. You know it ain't us. <laughs> it's, <laughs> amen. It's, it's not us. It's not us. It's all God, and it's all to his glory, Pastor. Amen. You know, Pastor, we are going to have a powerful show this evening. We have two, we have de- identified two major topic, topics in, in Christianity that we know Christians have questions on. Is that right, Pastor? Yes. yes, that's right. That's right. And I know tonight it's not going to be any different than any other night where God's going to show up and show out. Right, Pastor? He's going to do his thing that's, the that's best way right. that he knows we, how to do it. That's right. We need to have an expectation. When we're talking about the things of God, we definitely need to have an expectation that God is going to move and, and that uh, things are going to be really, really enlightening, uh, that we're going to have some revelation tonight. Amen? Amen, sir. You know, just before we get into our opening prayer, Pastor, I just want to <clears throat> just update folks on our, our other morning devotional podcast that they can go ahead and listen to and subscribe to on you know, iTunes and uh, Pandora and Amazon, Google Podcasts. And Pastor, I think the last episode that that you did, Pastor, yeah, it was you, right? You did this one, Pastor. It was Be Real with God. Do you remember that one, Pastor? Yes, I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. 250 downloads, Pastor, just for that one podcast. Wow. You know, God is amazing. He really is. And he's the one that deserves all the glory. All Amen. the glory. It's, it's all him. I mean, there's not there's not a, a thought. There's not a prayer. There's not, uh, uh, you know, and anything that, that we do, we do unto the Lord and for the Lord and for his kingdom. And when you do that, uh, you always win. There's no way to lose because God's word does not return void. Amen. That's right, Pastor. That is absolutely correct. So why don't you go ahead and give us our opening? Yes, sir. Father God in heaven, we come before you tonight, Father God. We just thank you so much for what you are doing, Father God, not only in us, but around the world, Father God. 
we thank you that you are touching lives, that you are encouraging people, that you are healing people, that you are drawing men unto you, Father God. And Father God, we pray that you use us as your vessels, Father God, that we would speak your word by the power of your Holy Spirit, Father God, that it would not be us, but that it would be you, Father God. And we just give you, as always, all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, because you so richly deserve it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Amen and amen. That is so right, Pastor. All the glory goes to God. And you know, when, with Christians, we get into this mode where we're thinking that God doesn't hear us, or we're thinking that there's not some type of connection. And that connection, Pastor, is prayer. Prayer is that connection that we establish, kind of like a cell phone. If you have your cell phone and you don't have a connection, the, the phone's no good, right? It's just you're just walking around with a piece of plastic in your pocket, right? That's right. Yeah, paperweight. <laughs> that's, that's really all it is, right? But when you establish a connection, even if it's muffled, you can get some tit some like tidbits, little little ideas of what's going on. Like, I'm, say, say again, what, what's going on? But when you lose the connection, it's almost like you buy, like like you said, it's just a, a paperweight in your pocket. That's so right. the so the first question on prayer, Pastor, is what is prayer? What is prayer? What is it? Well, I'll tell you, I I firmly believe this uh, with all my heart, and you know, a lot of people think it's something so difficult uh, to do, and I just don't see it that way. I I believe that prayer is really. It's just talking to God. That's really what, what prayer is, seeking his face, right? We, we all, uh, when, we, when we get together, we talk to our friends. We talk to, uh, you know, our spouses. If, if you're married, we talk to, you know, family members. It's to keep that connection and to keep close and to build an intimacy, right, and there, I believe, are different levels of intimacy. There's intimacy that you have, you know, with your personal friends and what have you. But there's intimacy, for example, like when you're married, that you spend that, that real quality time alone. And that's, I believe, what God wants us to spend intimate time with him, to not only speak to him and kind of tell him what's going on in our lives, though he already knows so prayer is really something for us to reach out to him and to, to spend time with him. And it's not only us spending time with him, but it's him spending time with us. See, because prayer is a two-way communication. It's not just us speaking to God. It's actually listening to God. And I wonder how many of us, when we're in our prayer closet and we're talking to God and we're we're telling them what's going on in our lives and, and we're praying for other people and praying for things that, that we need or what have you, or we're interceding uh, in prayer. Um, I think that we need to understand that we also need to pause after, we, uh, after a while and just listen. Just listen to the Spirit. Listen to what God is saying Listen to what he's putting in our hearts, what he's putting in our spirits, in our soul. You know, and there have been times where I've been praying and I've been asking God for something. And I'm saying, you know, Lord, I, I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. And sometimes he'll just put a word, sometimes a scripture. Uh, and sometimes I literally uh, hear it within my spirit, man, where he'll say, you know, go to your Bible and open up to this book in this chapter and I'll obey that and I'll go open it. And it's exactly what I was looking for, the answer I needed, or what should I do in this situation? And it's incredible how God speaks to us when we're praying. Amen. Amen, pastor. You know, you know, one of those things with prayer, it's like you're saying, it's not a one-way communication. It's not that we speak to God or praise God and he doesn't speak back. 
And you know, when he speaks back to us, oftentimes, I think we miss it. I mean, we're looking at the answer to come in a certain fashion or form. So the question, Pastor, when he speaks to us, how do we know? What does that look like? It's it's very different. Uh, I, I I have found that it's very different every time. Sometimes uh, you can almost hear an audible voice uh, when he speaks to you. If uh, you know, I, I know there's been times where, for example, uh, I'll hear him say, you know, stop, and I look around like, who, who said that? You know, I'm 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 driving somewhere or or I'm about to, to walk somewhere or something, and he'll tell me to stop, and I'll, I'll obey because, you know, I want to obey the word of God. And all of a sudden, uh, there's a, a fight that just broke out right where I was standing, or, or you know, a car came by and was kind of out of control. The person was texting and not really looking, and if I would have been standing there, I would have gotten hit. Sometimes he'll tell me, you know, go to the Bible and read a certain scripture. Uh, Sometimes you just feel it in your spirit, man, uh, where the Lord is actually guiding you and directing you and and you feel things. It's like, it's like you have this, um, this discernment and it's like, you know, something doesn't feel right here. Something doesn't, you know, and God is, is quickening, you know, get out or go speak to this individual. Uh, and you don't even know you're standing, you know, in, in the line at, uh, you know, uh, Ralph's or, or, you know, whatever store you shop at Vons or you know, wherever uh, you could be at the Home Depot and the Lord, I will hear him literally in my spirit. And he'll say, go talk to that individual. And you're like, but I don't even know that person. It's like, go speak to them. And it's like, OK. And I go over and I start speaking to them. And they start pouring out their life. I just go up there and just like, hey, you know what? Uh, I just felt the Lord put upon my heart that I needed to speak with you. I don't know why or what's going on in your life. And before you know it, they're pouring out, you know, yes, I'm about to go through through a divorce or, you know, my my child just died or, you know, my, my parent is in the hospital really sick. Please, you know, if you... If you're a man of prayer, can you please pray for me right now? And they'll break down right there. So God speaks to us, I think, in many different ways. I think what we need to be doing is just listening. It's really listening. You know, the Bible talks about prayer without ceasing. And that doesn't mean, well, you know, just go in your room and pray all day and night and never stop. Obviously, I mean, we've got to eat. We've got to, you know, use the facilities. We've got Amen. to, Amen. you know, talk, talk to people. We've got to go to work. There's, there's things that we have to do in life. But nonetheless, my thoughts are always, all day, all day, they're on the Lord. I, if I'm going through something, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to him. If I'm feeling something, I'm talking to him. If, if I need something, I, I just start talking to him, you know, and a lot of, a lot of people really believe that prayer is almost uh, something that you have to do a certain way and see, just like we can't put God in a box we should not put ourselves in a box. We don't have to always be on our knees or mm. always mm-hmm. clasp our hands. You know, those little emojis mm-hmm. on the phone and it, it has the two hands. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yes, sir. Right? Yes. We don't always have to be in that, that position. We don't have to uh, always, you know, just, just in our room. Listen, you can pray outside in your backyard. You can pray in your vehicle. You can pray on your lunchtime at work. You can pray while you're in the shower. You can pray walking around your living room and you you put on worship music and you read some scripture and you just praise him and glorify him and honor him. It's not a one way. It's not religion. It's about relationship. Amen. Amen, sir. You know, prayer is one of those 
those devices and one of those communication tools where God hears you no matter where you are. Like you said, Pastor, you don't have to, you know, be in a certain position. Now, that stuff is good. If you want to, you know, kneel down on your knees, you want to put your hands together, you could do that. However, Absolutely. if you look, if you look at Peter, when Jesus, when he asked Jesus, can I, can I come out on the water? And Jesus said, come. So he steps out on the boat and he's walking on water. And we said this before in another episode, Pastor, but then he started to sink when he saw the wind and, and, the, and the waves swelling up around him. And he said, Lord, help me. Lord, save me. And that was it. That's the prayer. That, that's okay. the prayer. And it said immediately Jesus reached out and pulled Peter up. Is that right? That's right. That's right. I had a, a friend uh, that was coming up, um, you know, because uh, we're out here in Victorville. And I had a friend coming up the Cajon Pass, and it was it was raining really, really bad. And he was driving uh, uh, on the freeway, and his car started a hydroplane, and it started to spin in the middle of all this traffic. And he told me uh, when I saw him, he said, you know, when that started happening, I immediately just said, Jesus, take the wheel. That was all I said. And I, and I just closed my eyes and my car was spinning. And I, I really thought I was going to get hit by, you know, three, four cars and it was going to be a wow. bad accident. And his car spun in the middle of all this traffic. And all he did was barely, barely tipped uh, the, the edge of a, of a rock on the bank. And he didn't have a scratch on him. Nothing. So God heard his prayer and answer. He could have gotten killed. I mean, he, you know, he was going 60 miles an hour, whatever it was, you know. But that's all it takes. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, help me. Right? And, and that's what it's about. It's, it's just having a relationship. Like the Lord says, my sheep hear my voice. And you'll hear him. And he'll hear you when you call out to him in that moment of need, in that moment of fear or of panic or of concern or of confusion. God will hear you and he'll answer your prayer. But you've got to pray with faith, right? Look at, look at what happened with the two thieves on the cross. Okay. okay. Remember the one thief was, oh, if you're really God, get yourself down and get us down from here, right? And the other thief is like, listen, we deserve to be here. This man is innocent, right? And he just turns to Jesus, immediately having faith in him. And he says, Lord, remember me. Remember me when, to, when you enter into your kingdom. And what did the Lord say? Did he say, well, you got to go get baptized? Or, <laughs> well, you know, you, you got to go right. do some good works first, you know? You go, well, you, you've got to, you know, uh, go feed the, the hungry and visit, uh, you know, the, the sick. And that's not what he said. There was no time for that. He, he couldn't do that. But Jesus immediately answered his prayer and told him, I tell you this, this very day you will be with me in paradise. So see, you see how good God is. He's just so wonderful. I just get excited talking about him. Oh, <laughs> yes, we sure do, Pastor. We sure do. And, you know, and, and as we're looking at what prayer is, I, I think we need to look at the opposite side of the coin and talk about what prayer is not. So if yes. we're looking at what prayer is and then we take the other side, what it prayer is not, what is it? But what 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 is it not, Pastor? Well, I, I think one of the greatest examples is found in Matthew 6, chapter 7, when he says, And when you pray, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. You remember the gentleman that was praying and said, Oh, I'm Lord, I, I'm, I'm so thankful that I'm not like them, mm, you know, mm -hmm. like all these sinners. You're, you're, you're praying with 
with an arrogance, with a, hey, I'm not that bad. And, you know, one of the things I always, I always say is, how can people always compare themselves to the worst, right? Well, at least I don't do what he does. Hmm. Well, at least I'm not that. Hmm. At least I don't, you know, think like that. It's like, why don't you compare to yourself, your, yourself to the best, to the standard, and say, well, I'm not like Jesus. Well, I fail here. Well, I fail there, right? And these are some of the things I need to pray on for God to help me. See, we, we need to understand that prayer is not uh, per se, it's not religious, it's not uh, selfish. So you don't have to repeat and repeat and repeat the same prayer. Uh, when I was in another religion, uh, that's what I was asked to do. Well, say 10 of these prayer and five of these prayer and pray with these chains and beads. And, and, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's, that's religion. That's not, that's not real intimacy with God. He says not to do that. Right. And it can't be all about ourselves. It can't be all selfishness and, oh, I want this and I want that. And, you know, and it's not a wish list. Right. And and we can't we can't pray amiss from God's will. You know, we can't be praying for, oh, I want a Ferrari and I want a big house and I want a this and I want a that. Right. Listen, that's that's not that's not what we need to be praying. We need to be praying for other people. We need to be praying for their needs and and for our needs and our family and and all these things. So it's not also uh, meeting a quota, right? Well, if I say this many prayers a day, I'm, I'm good with God. I, I can check off the list. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like what people do sometimes, you know, well, if I go to a Bible study, I can check the list. And if I go to church, you know, twice, uh, I can, I can check off the list. Listen, that's not the way we need to be, uh, looking at things. We also shouldn't be looking at prayer as, uh, listen, oh, it's this great chore, you know, it's, oh my gosh, we got to do this and we got to do that. It should be something that, that you really want to do. I mean, if you think about, uh, example in, uh, Luke 11 verse one, it says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples, right? So it's teach us to pray, not only how to pray, but teach us to pray, to get in there. So it's not about just wanting everything for you, right? That's not what, what prayer is. Prayer is not, like I said, it's not a chore. It's not oh something that oh, we feel we have to do. We should want to speak to God. He loves us. He's our father. He's our protector. He he's our provider. You know, so we definitely don't want to make it something that it's not. We don't want to make it religion. Amen. You know, you're you're so right, and you're spot on. You know, I, I look at prayer like like you said, it's not something that's a chore. Like it's like, oh my goodness, here we go again. I got to get get my five minute or ten minute, whatever time span people put on it. Right. But when you when you're praying for people and you and you establish that communication, and just like you said with the father, what father doesn't want to hear from his children? Which father, if they're out there, raise your hand and you say, I, I don't want to hear from my kids. They're not real fathers. The father's right. so loving to us. He wants to hear from us. He wants to hear about how well you're doing, your needs. The fact that you just praise him and give him thanksgiving, honor him, worship in his name. You know, pastor, sometime with, with myself, I find myself, you know, singing a little gospel song, keeping that prayer on my thought. Not like you said, not necessarily in the room for eight hours, praying for my knees and, you know, those other things right. we have to do. Now, if you do that, that's good. But right. you can just keep God on your mind, keep him on your mind, your daily activities, 
and you establish the communication. Is that what you're saying, Pastor? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think the thing is to, to have him present on your mind, on your heart all the time, because he's the one that helps you uh, to make the right decisions, right? His Holy Spirit that lives in you uh, allows you to do the right thing and to say the right things and to think the right thoughts. Because uh, I'll tell you, the enemy comes in and he starts just confusing and, and frustrating us. And, and we can fall into that trap very quick if, if our mind and our hearts aren't set on the things of God. You know, that's why every time Jesus used to speak, sometimes people didn't understand because he was always speaking about the things of heaven the things about his father, you know, he wasn't really uh, focused or concentrated uh, on this earth and the things that were happening, right? He was more trying to lead people somewhere, trying to lead them to himself and unto his father, you know, and there are lots of times where, you know, we're feeling so overwhelmed or so confused or so hurt, you know, we just lost a loved one or something. And, and it's difficult and we need answers. And sometimes we don't even know what to pray. You ever find yourself in that situation, Mr. Jermaine? You know, that's normally where I find myself um, not knowing what to pray about. And and I found out through this journey, this, this uh, Christian journey, I don't need to know. You know, if 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 I pray and I establish the communication and the faith that you talked about earlier, Pastor, when we when we first started here, and I know that God hears me. So I, I understand that God's going to hear it. Now, with my faith that's activated, I know that all things work out for my good or for our good. What, what do you say to that, Pastor? Amen. Definitely. God has our best uh our our best life at hand he wants to give us the best life that we can possibly have so all we need to know is that we need to trust him and that he's going to work things out one way or another what seems impossible to us is not impossible to god and you know sometimes when i find myself in that situation where i just don't know what to pray or, or I'm so uh, frustrated or, or I'm feeling overwhelmed or, or I'm in pain and I, I, you know, not, not necessarily physical, although sometimes physical pain, uh, but sometimes just feeling emotionally pain. And I take comfort in the Bible where it says in Romans eight, verse 26, it says in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's when sometimes the Spirit will just take over and I start speaking in tongues. And many times I, it, your mind's even like, what's going on? What am I saying? What, what's, what's happening here? But you're just going and going and going and speaking in tongues and praying in tongues and praying in tongues. And before you know it, you know, it's been 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. And you stop and you feel this, just this peace, overwhelming peace. And you feel so relaxed and like you just worked out, you know, at the gym and you know how you, that feeling's good. You, it's like a tired, but it's a, it's a really good, like, ah, this felt good, you know, right. It's like that, uh, with the Lord. When, so we don't even have to know, look how good God is that we don't even have to know what to pray because the Holy Spirit himself will intercede. Amen. That's right. He will the Holy Spirit will intercede on our behalf. And, and you know, this brings us to another sub subject here. How do we pray? So we, we talked about what prayer was and what it's not. But how do we pray? 
what's the basis of it? What's the basis of it all? How do we pray and how do we establish the connection through the Holy Spirit, Pastor? I'll tell you, I, I think uh, for me, and, and like I say, everybody's prayer life is different. Uh, everybody's understanding may be different, but I think one of the things that I like to do is I really like to arm myself with scripture, right? Uh, because look at when, when the enemy was uh, out in, uh, you know, with, with Jesus right in the desert, what did the enemy start quoting to Jesus? He started quoting scripture. scripture. Exactly. He started quoting scripture. And what did Jesus do in return? Quote scripture. He quoted scripture. <laughs> Amen. When he was talking to his father, he quoted scripture, right? So if you look at John 15, verse 7, it says, If ye abide in me, and in my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you want, and it shall be done unto you. So see, God loves to hear you quote his word. When I've been in times of need, sometimes I'll, I'll pray. Like if it's a financial need, I'll, I'll pray and I'll say, God, listen, you said that you are my provider. You said that I would not have to beg for food. You said that you want to give me life and more abundantly, right? And it doesn't always apply, of course, to finance. But when you start quoting scripture, you said, Lord, that by your stripes, I am healed. You said, Lord Jesus, that whatever I ask in your name, you will do for me. So I'm trusting you right now. I'm counting on you, God. He says to come boldly, yet humbly, before the altar of prayer, right? So we need to come to him with faith because he says, listen, don't think that if you pray without faith that anything will be given to you. So we have to know, like you and I were talking earlier about the mustard seed of faith. He gives every one of us a measure of faith. And we have to exercise that faith in order for it to grow. So I think one of the things, uh, you know, is definitely arming yourself with scripture. Right. And I, I like to actually, when I'm praying, uh, you know, if, if you're somebody who can't pray, let's say, uh, you know, an hour or 30 minutes or three hours or whatever it is. You know, work yourself up to it. I mean, start somewhere, even if it's a if it's a small prayer at first, and, and work yourself up. But don't make it a chore. Put on some worship music, like like you were speaking about. You know, singing uh, to the Lord, praising Him, worshiping. You know, in the middle of of uh, worshiping and and singing and what have you. Then I might uh, open up His Word and I might read some scripture. Right. Then I might get down on my knees or on my face and start uh, asking for, for for petitions, you know, petitioning him for others that I know that are that are suffering or going through through struggles or hard times, praying for their families, praying for their children, their their, you know, jobs or their health, wh whatever it is, you know. And I walk around the house, you know, and and just just engulf myself in his presence, you know, and I think in order to do that, really, uh, we need to develop a, a, a discipline. And I have found that uh, to have a, um, not really like a routine, but I guess like a, like a, almost a rhythm where I know, hey, listen, I know that uh, the best time for me is early in the morning when I wake up. Or, you know what, the best time for me is right. after I get off of, of work and eat dinner, then, wow, I like to get into my prayer closet. Or, you know what, uh, before I go to sleep, you know, uh, a couple hours before, I like to, hey, get my tea or whatever, put on some soft worship music, 
read the scriptures for a little bit and then start, you know, praising and worshiping God. So I think it's 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 all about setting time aside for God. It's uh, also, I believe, a time not only setting aside uh, for him, um, but I think it's also setting some time aside where you're not interrupted. Like me, I'll turn off my phone. I'll turn off my phone or it'll be in another room or whatever. I, I, I don't want to be distracted. I close my door. I, I, I let my wife know or, or the kids or whatever. Hey, I'm, I'm going to be in prayer. So please don't, you know, interrupt or what have you. And, and then you just go and, and spend your time with God. Because I'll tell you, there's been so many times where I'll begin to pray. And it just seems like that's the time where every interruption under the sun comes. That's right. That's right. You know, the, the phone starts ringing or somebody starts knocking on your door or, or some uh, minor emergency starts to happen. It's always something. And why? Because the enemy doesn't want you to pray. He knows. Listen, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he knows if he can steal your prayer life, you're done, man. You are, as he would say, I'm sure, you're done, son. <laughs> you know, because we need God. We absolutely need God. Amen. 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 You're, you're, you're hitting all the right topics and, and, and going to all the right scriptures. And when you mentioned the enemy wants to interrupt or break that communication, because the enemy doesn't want you on any talking basis with the most high. So our next topic is enemy identification. So how do we identify this enemy and who is he? What's your thought? You know, a lot of people they they think I, I I don't know if you're familiar with this game, but it's a it's a game called Loteria in Spanish, right? Mm, and, mm. and they have uh they have like for example, you know, um, the the oh what do you the mermaid or the umbrella, the tree, you know, their their cards. And, and you play this and it's kind of like like Mexican bingo, if you will. And uh, there's a, a picture of the devil. And, you know, he's got the horns and the pitchfork and, you know, the, uh, the, the pointy tail and what have you. And a lot of people have this image that, that that's Satan. And that, hmm. he's, oh, mm -hmm. my gosh, and ugly and scary. And, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, you know, and that's that's not Satan. The ugliness, yes, it's all there. And the scariness uh, and, uh, oh, you know, the stuff that he does and the influence that he has on people and, you know, crimes that are committed and all these ugly things. But Satan comes to you very enticing, right? Even the Bible says, listen, sin is pleasurable for a season, right? It's pleasurable. It feels good to do those things that we know we shouldn't do, right? Kind of like the forbidden fruit that Adam and Eve were told not to touch. It's like, oh, it's there. And you get attracted and the enemy starts putting things in your head. And before you know it, you're doing the sin. See, he comes at you very enticing, very manipulative, right? He fools you. He distracts you. Hey, look at the ball over here. Look at the ball over here. Yeah, you've been obviously uh, to Disneyland, right, and seen uh, uh, right. It's a Small World. That that's how he's got you. It's like you're on the boat. You're on this boat of life, right? You're riding, and you're looking to the to the left, and you're like, wow, and you're dazzled by all the lights and you know the 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 stuff that they're wearing and and then you look to the right and you're like oh my gosh and they got this boat they got waterfalls and you look at the ceiling and wow there's butterflies and and that's what the enemy loves to do is keep you distracted so that he can then infiltrate and he can then harm you see the same thing that going back just like with Peter when he stepped out of the water. We can distract you with the storm, with the waves and, and the thunder and the lightning and all these things and, and have your, your mind so confused that 
you don't look to Jesus, then that's when he can begin to have his way with you, so to speak. So it's not that he's this ugly, scary, uh, you know, uh, demonic looking ugly thing. It's like, hey, he can make himself look like an angel of light. He can make himself look like a pastor, a preacher. Wow. An apostle, a prophet. And they're false prophets. So it doesn't always come at you looking ugly. Sometimes it's quite the opposite. It makes it look very enticing and very tempting. Amen. You know, very intriguing, very intriguing description on how the enemy comes to us and, and you know, in, in a form that's not scary. Now, as we look at how the enemy comes to us, I'm reminded of David, um, you know, in the Bible, <clears throat> in First Samuel chapter 17, you know, David goes to challenge Goliath. Well, Goliath actually called him out, right? Anybody can wants to, you know, fight me, come on out, right? I'm, I'm paraphrasing, right. Pastor. Right, right. <laughs> now, <clears throat> Goliath, being a Philistine, he went to fight face to face. He went to fight eyeball to eyeball, or chest to chest, with with David. Right? That's how they fought. That's how the Philistines fought, Pastor. Right. And when and when he was out challenging the Israelites, you know, David stepped forth and took him out with a slingshot and a rock. Now, if you're looking at other challenges that David went through, 15 chapters later in 1 Samuel chapter 30, when he came back from the battlefield with his men back to the village, the Amalekites had burned the town and took all the women and children. Right. See, the Amalekites didn't fight one-on-one. -on -one. They didn't fight face-to-face. -face. They didn't fight chest-to-chest. -chest. They were sneaky. And they actually went after something that he loved, was his wives and his children. Right. So, Pastor, as we're looking at the enemy, how do we know who we're fighting? And how do we know? Right, that's right. We we can't be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. Listen, many of us in our spirit, we know what's right and we know what's wrong. And many times we spoke about this, I think, on, on our last show. You know, many times, listen, it's not even the enemy, it's us, it's our own evil desires. Hey. They're they're already there. The enemy doesn't have to do anything really. You know what I mean? And it's about learning to recognize. I've had, for example, when um, I've been here at home sometimes and you've just ministered to somebody, uh, maybe you had a, a, a podcast that, you know, you did or, or this radio show that we do. That's why we covet your prayers, everybody out there. So please keep us in prayer, definitely. But uh, many times when the enemy gets black eye, of course, he don't like it. So... He'll come in and before you know it, uh, you know, uh, you're arguing with your spouse, you know, they're all upset and your kids are kind of going crazy. They're all fighting with each other and uh, the dog's barking like crazy and, and you know, it, it, you get a, a disturbing phone call or something. And, and, and sometimes I'll just look around and say like, wait a minute, this, this is not normal. I mean, I know all families have issues and, you know, little squabbles here and there, but this is not normal. There's too much going on right now. The enemy is in the camp. And I'll get my entire family together. I'll, I'll stop everybody and say, okay, everybody, let's get in a circle. You know, and everybody gets there. Let's hold hands. The enemy is in the camp and we need to kick him out right here and right now. And we'll all start praying. And before you know it, there's complete peace in the whole house. So, we have to have our eyes open. We have to have our spiritual antennas. 
And that's the thing. If we're close to God in his spirit, listen, he'll give us discernment to see what we may not see in the natural, but he'll allow us to see things in the spirit where we can recognize these things and then we can get into the battle through prayer. Amen. Because the Bible is very clear. We fight not against flesh and blood, and but against principality rulers in high places. So, you know, it's not, it's, we're not fighting like put up your dukes. Come on, let's go. Right. Right. It's not like that. You know, it's prayer and you let God make your enemies your footstool. Wow. And we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. What happens when, when they're your footstool? You got to sit down. That's right. Rest. Don't let God rest. Let God work. The Lord says, for vengeance is mine. And I guarantee you, he can do much better at punishing whoever he needs to punish or move aside whoever he needs to move aside or cause whatever in their lives. And we know Pharaoh certainly knew that. He knew it, right? He, he got stubborn. He still chased the, uh, you know, the Israelites, right? But he found out soon enough who God was, <laughs> right? And I always say, listen, your arms are too short to box with God. So, you know, and, uh, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that everybody, every one of us has been drafted. Whether you mm -hmm. like it or not, you're mm -hmm. in an army. You're either in the Lord's army or you're in the enemy's army. Because whoever doesn't help gather is scattering, right? Whoever's not for him is against him. So it's better to pick, for me, the winning side because I know what happens in the end. Amen? No, absolutely. Stay on God's side because he's going to be, everything's going to be victorious in him. <clears throat> You know, Pastor, there's some strategies used, though, by the enemy. There's some strategies, right? So the enemy likes to use, and I call it tools in the toolbox, right? It's certain tools that the enemy has to grab from. And one of those strategy, strategies or tools is fear. That's right. How do you combat the strategies? Right. Well, you've got to know some of those strategies. You know, uh, you've been in the military. Uh, I have not, but I've been definitely in the Lord's army. And uh, hey. you get you get taught real quick, right? You know what to what to look for when you were out there uh, in battle. I mean, you had to learn your enemy, right? You had to learn what they do and how they do things. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, there, there's other agencies that study the enemy and they send feedback to us in the field to let us know where the weak points are at. And, you know, one of those weak points, Pastor, if you remember me telling you, oh, it was a couple of maybe three months ago, was <clears throat> every bomb that we send is not to blow up a building, right? It's not to destroy a tank or something or an airport, right? Right. Some of those bombs send out leaflets. And the leaflets is a strategy to get people to surrender. Right. Now, they don't always use that strategy, right? right, right. <laughs> Especially if, you, if you're trying to go into somebody's country. But I guess my point is, if the leaflet bomb goes off in our spiritual lives, it can mean lies are being disseminated in our minds about ourselves. We think about right. that pastor that that's right definitely he he'll put things in your in your mind you're worthless or listen you you speak to that person again about uh healing his his marriage or you speak to that person again about you know him getting into a, a drug rehab program you you go ahead and do that again and watch how i destroy you you know because you're nothing to me I can do whatever I want with you, with your family. And, and it's a, a very real fear that he can sometimes put on you because he'll use other people. He may not even uh, come at you uh, himself, but he'll use other people to come in and start bringing doubt and confusion and fear 
And I'm sure you've probably heard this, that, you know, fear is just false evidence appearing real. Amen. And if we, if we fall for the lie, if we get distracted by the shiny gold penny, you know, if, if that begins to happen, we start to lose ground. And we've got to gain ground and advance the kingdom of God, right? So if, let's say, for example, um, we used to cuss, okay? Now now we don't cuss. And it's like, okay, great, you know, won that, that battle, right? And maybe uh, you were a big liar. And, and now you, you ask God for his help and for his spirit and and God helps you through that, and you're no longer a liar. You're now a person that has integrity and honesty, and and maybe now you're struggling with, you know, some other sin, or alcohol, or drugs, or whatever. And as you continue to seek God, all those tactics of the enemy to distract you, to make you uh, fall into fear, make you uh, confused about things. Right. Because confusion is not of God. Confusion is of the devil. Right. So and like like you're saying, one of the big ones is definitely fear. But the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of love, power and a sound mind. Amen. So we've got to bank. Uh, we've got to trust on God's word to get us through so he can show us many times what the enemy is planning and how the enemy is coming at us because we we don't always see it but god does and he's the one that can warn us amen you know amen and, and you know as, and as i look at strategies of the enemy uh one strategy you know we need to address is the strategy of deviation so if if we fly in, if we're flying an aircraft and we deviate from true north, whether it's even a half a degree, and we're trying to go, say, from Los Angeles, just say to, to New York City, and we deviate a half a degree, we can actually end up in Philadelphia, south of New York. Wow. <laughs> so so wow. one of the deviation tactics is pride. The enemy has stir up pride where we see it as it's me. I did this. I did that. I bought right. this. I earned that. And in Proverbs 13, verse 10, pride leads to conflict. So, Pastor, have you ever noticed anyone or talked to people that had a stirred up pride and you can see them starting to deviate? Absolutely. One of the first ones we can look to is Satan. What what? Did it say when he was in heaven and he was this uh, beautiful angel and the worship leader up in heaven? What did it say was found in him? Pride. Pride was found in him. That's why he was cast out with the third of the angels. It was pride. Pride comes before the fall, the Bible says, right? So when you see that pride and that arrogance in people, Listen, you need to be careful because those people are thinking about self. It's, it's like creating an idol. You're the idol. You're idolizing yourself. Right? And God does not like that at all. It says, in fact, in the Bible that he resists the pride the prideful, but he resists the proud, but he uplifts the humble. Amen. So one of the things I think as we walk in our Christian life, uh, regardless of whether we've got a great job, we're making big money, we're very educated, or we have a big house, or we have all kinds of success, I think it's extremely important to keep in mind, hey, listen, it is God who gives the power. This is scriptural. It is God who gives the power to gain wealth, right? It's God who gives us 
our intellect, our abilities, our gifts, our talents. And we need to know that they come from him. And we can't ever try to take credit for that because God's not going to share his glory with you like that. Amen. Amen, Pastor. And I guess as a bonus topic, the counterattack, like as you already talked about, is humbling yourself, staying humble before God as a servant. The servant is ready to serve or do things for the father and being grateful, being grateful, understanding, like, like, just like you said, the success, it's not from us. It's all about the grace of God and all his power. That's the counterattack. When you feel yourself sliding into that pride, counter it with staying humble and being grateful. What do you think about those two counter tactics, Pastor? Hey, man, I think they're, they're great tactics to fight back the enemy because the Bible says, you know, everybody says, oh, uh, resist the devil and he will flee. But they forget the first part of that, which says, humble yourself before God. Then, right, resist the devil and he will flee. But the first part is the humbleness. Amen. Amen, sir. And that is our hour, Pastor. It, it just flies by, doesn't it? It sure does. It sure does. It's a great thing when you're, when you're talking about the things of God. It's so wonderful, you know. And I just thank him so much for which, what he's doing. I, I tell you, I can't thank him enough. He's so wonderful. He, he, God is, is truly wonderful and amazing. Do, do you have any other closing items for any of the listeners out there tonight? I would say keep seeking God. Keep in prayer. And you'll watch how your life will begin to transform as you get closer and closer in your relationship with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And amen to that. I really had a good time this this evening, Pastor. Speaking about God and how these tactics and these strategies of these enemies and and they're getting kind of bolder nowadays. Wouldn't you say so, Pastor? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They 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 got no shame in their game. They're they're going for it. So we got to be bold and strong as well, just as lions, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. And on the Lion of Judah. Amen. Amen. Pastor, I'm going to go ahead and close this out in prayer. Please. Heavenly Father, thank you once again for this, this, this session, this opportunity, this connection to hear your word, to understand your word and know the strategies of the enemy and how to use our prayer to connect with you. Thank you, Father, for hearing the prayers and being a prayer answering God. We know that all your children out there are going to be strengthened and rest assured that the prayers that go up, your blessings will come down. These are all things we ask for in the powerful and mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, I tell you what, Pastor, it was a beautiful and awesome time tonight. Amen. I want everyone out there to understand that we do this every single Saturday. Between seven, we start between 7:30 and 8 p.m. Pacific time. That's California time. We want to say, stay safe, stay blessed, and remember, you You have have the power. power. Amen. Amen.